Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome back to Believe in FSU Football. This is your host, Robbie Bagnardi. Uh, today's episode is going to be both a Clemson recap and an NC State preview. We would have liked to split them into two episodes, but it is very much flu season in Tallahassee, and it has had me down and out all week and stuck in bed. But nonetheless, here we are, podcast time. Uh, first up, the Clemson recap. The thirty to twenty loss. It really should have been twenty four to twenty. Um, but you know, final score still counts. There was the botched, uh, I guess, hook and ladder play on the last play that just was horribly executed and turned into a Clemson touchdown right at the end. Felt bad for any uh, betters who took FSU to cover because that actually pushed that out uh Clemson was favored by nine and a half going into the game ended up winning by 10 had FSU just not given up a touchdown right there then it would have finished 24 to 20 and they would have covered but nonetheless it's not really my issue but a bad beat so feel bad for those people but it is what it is um the refs definitely didn't help us. Uh, that last Clemson touchdown drive, there was the DJ Lundy late hit, which was not a late hit. He DJ Clemson's quarterback was still in bounds when DJ Lundy hit him. And then there was the pass interference call as well. And I don't know. I didn't think that that was P.I. I thought that Jerry and Jones and Kevin Knowles both had PIs called on them that were pretty uh, pretty ticky-tacky calls that uh, probably should have been no calls. But, hey, the, the ACC's got to, you know, prop up the schools that they like more. So it is what it is. It can't, can't change the way the game's officiated. Um, that crew is always terrible. But, you know, the ACC's not going to make any changes for whatever reason. But... Yeah, the refs refs definitely didn't help us in that game. That was that was pretty bad uh, showing of officiating, especially for the Knowles. Um, you know, the game was close in the final score. Like I talked about, the the fumble return for a touchdown on the final play of the game. Um, Clemson played better than we did. They outgained us three seventy seven and two forty one. They also had twenty two first downs to our twelve. So it's not like we can sit here and say that we should have won the game. But we were definitely in it. We definitely had chances to win uh, all the way throughout. Uh, you know, this team continues to play with fight and with heart, with effort, and you love to see that. We've really been in pretty much every game this year except for the one against Wake. It's the only one where we really just were completely out of it. But, you know, you go back and look at, at our losses, Notre Dame game we were in, the Jacksonville State game we were in, obviously Clemson we were in, uh, Louisville we were in that game. You know, 
this team could very, very easily be like a one or two loss team. Uh, just small little things that, that we'll probably correct over time. And I have faith in the staff that they'll, you know, get those things ironed out. And then as we move on and, and this roster gets better and Coach Norvell gets more of his quote-unquote his guys in here, then you'll see those types of things start to change. I think as we move down the road and we get further into his tenure here. But, you know, this I don't think this team is far off from being fairly successful. Like I said, we could very easily only just have a couple losses, but we're still building back and it, it's going to, it's going to be a process and it's probably not going to be a quick one. Um, the, you know, my personal eight win projection is probably a little overzealous, but at the same time, you look at how easily most of these games could have gone one way or the other and maybe not so much, but we didn't, we didn't really run the ball well against Clemson. I think that was kind of a big issue. Obviously the Lawrence Tofili long touchdown, really helped, but we just, we never really got the run game going. We were struggling to, you know, block Clemson and, um, that's tough. You know, you look at how we scored in that game. There was the, kind of a sustained drive when, uh, JJ Sean Corbin caught a touchdown pass from Travis. I really liked that play too. The Travis, uh, checked that and then made that little throw because we had numbers on the outside. Then there was the Jermaine Johnson fumble, which I think we needed a play like that in order to, be able to have a chance to win that game late in it. And then obviously the LT 75 yard touchdown catch where he fall or gets tackled, but stays on the defender and hops up and keeps going a uh, great job of balance and awareness by him had to tiptoe down the sideline too, to make it to the end zone, but just kind of more of the same from a lot of the other games. We were in it, had a chance to win it, but just couldn't quite close the deal. But like I said, the, uh, it's a talented Clemson team. I think they probably have more talented roster than we do. And the fact that we were in that game that long and gave ourselves a chance to win is pretty good. I talked about it as a measuring stick game. I think we have another one of those coming up against NC State, and I'll get into that in just a second. But we showed that we can play with teams that are more talented than us, even though Clemson's, you know, missing a lot of guys and isn't the team that they've been the last couple of years. They they still have talent. They're still not a bad football team. You know, they're five and three. We're three and five. So that is what it is. But um, moving into the NC State game, uh, it's going to be 4 p.m. on ACC Network. Back at home, back at Doe Campbell. I'll back to Clemson game for just a second. For us to go into uh, quote-unquote Death Valley, but to go into Clemson and keep that game that close, you know, it's, it's a nice nice sign that we can go on the road and continue to play well and fight hard even in a game where we were kind of overmatched for most of the game if you look at the numbers. Like I said, we were pretty handily outgained, and, and they had 10 more first downs than we did. But... NC State game, 4 p.m. on ACC Network, back at Doe Campbell Stadium. Um, interested to see how the student section is going to look this week. Interested to see how our team's going to look this week. Norvell had mentioned a lot of guys being kind of under the weather with the uh, flu bug that I had mentioned that 
And then I'd imagine that'll affect our uh, student turnout and probably some of our players as well. Um, NC State's favored by two and a half, and the over-under is 56. NC State's a good football team. Uh, obviously, they lost to Miami a couple weeks ago, but they're coming off of a 28-13 to win against Louisville. They're 6-2 and on the year. Quarterback Devin Leary for the Wolfpack is really good. He has thrown for two. 1,161 yards this year, 21 touchdowns, only two interceptions. So very productive player, does a good job finding the end zone and does not turn the ball over. That's going to be a tough matchup for our secondary this week. Um, I think that's probably the thing that worries me the most going into this game is how is our secondary going to play. Uh, we've seen true freshman Kevin Knowles and Amorian Cooper really play well last couple weeks. Um, Obviously, Knowles had kind of that ticky-tack uh, P.I. call against Clemson, but uh, Morgan Cooper had an interception against Clemson, so like to see that. But those two guys look to have a really bright future for us, and I'd imagine that we'll see a decent amount of them this week, as well as Jarvis Brown, who's played pretty well, and Jerry and Jones, who's played better of late. Um, Jamie Robinson has been good in the secondary as well. Uh, Renardo Green may be back this week, so interested to see how the secondary is going to play. I think that's the uh, biggest matchup for us. I think the biggest thing is going to be that we're going to have to rush the passer. I think we need to bring pressure. We don't do a ton of that, but I think we maybe need to do something a little different, get after the quarterback this week. Otherwise, he might be able to, Leary might just be able to sit back there and pick us apart. So, that's kind of my biggest concern. Um, also, NC State only gives up 108 yards on the ground per game, and running the football is our identity on offense. So we're going to have to be creative in the run game and get it going early. Um, you know, those are going to be big things for us. We have to be able to do the things that we do well. Because we didn't really do that against Clemson. We didn't stop the run. We didn't really rush the passer other than the Jermaine Johnson strip sack for a touchdown. Um, we just we have to get back to what we do well and continue to execute those things if we want to have a chance to win this game. Uh, NC State averages 31 points per game. And they only give up 16. So... This is a team that wins and win, generally wins fairly comfortably. Uh, they went on the road and beat Clemson earlier this year. Like I said, they lost to Miami, but Miami all of a sudden has decided to start playing better, so that's that's interesting. You know, you look at uh, FSU on the flip side, we average 29 points a game, but we give up almost 27. So it's, like it's 29.9, so we, we score almost 30 a game and uh, give up 26.9, so almost 30 to 27 is the uh, average score for the Knolls, but going to have to figure out something to score points against this NC State team, and we're going to have to figure out something to stop NC State from scoring points because they do a good job of both those things. So this is going to be a big matchup for FSU. We're going to have to come out and play well. We're going to have to execute. We're going to have to be disciplined. We can't turn the ball over. We can't have costly penalties. You know, you look back at the Clemson game, it's 
kind of rough because we did have some costly penalties, you know, the personal fouls with the uh, pass interferences and a late hit, but those were things that probably shouldn't have been called. So it's it's kind of hard to point fingers at that game and go, oh, well, we were undisciplined and didn't do that. But you go back and look at those penalties, and I I don't know. I just I think that those should have been no calls. It's bad officiating, like I said. I, I'm biased, obviously, but I just I, I don't agree with how that game was officiated and the timing of those calls, especially you know two personal fouls that are both um, could easily be no calls at that point in the game. You know that's that's crucial, and the, those are really backbreakers uh, when you when you come down to it, and kind of took the game away from our defense, or you know took the ability to stop Clemson. You know, that was taken away from us. So that's really frustrating to watch. Um, hopefully we don't have to deal with that this week. But nonetheless, play disciplined football. Um, the Clemson jumping off sides a bunch last week. Jordan Travis using a hard count. That was really interesting. Uh, hopefully we see more of that this week. Uh, there's been some rumblings that Travis may not play. I'm not quite sure if he's sick or what that is. Um Milton would be the backup. Chubba Purdy hit the transfer portal this week. Um, kind of a big loss for us. That sucks. Chubba's a really good athlete. He's got a good arm. Uh, we saw him come in and play against UMass, and he did really well. The timing of that decision to do that's interesting, to say the least, um, especially at this juncture of the season. You kind of feel like, why wouldn't you just uh, play the rest of the season out? But you know, to each their own, wishing the best of luck elsewhere. Just uh interesting move, in my opinion, to, to say the least. But back to the actual NC State game, like I talked about, going to be a challenge for the defense for our secondary. I think we just – I'm interested to see what we do on defense and, and what we scheme up to try to stop NC State because we've struggled with – Past coverage intermittently this year. I think this game is winnable for FSU, but it, like the Clemson game, it's definitely not going to be easy. Um, any FSU fans who think this is a surefire win, please temper your expectations because it's definitely not. NC State's a very good football team. Um, they've won the games that they're supposed to win generally this year outside of the Miami game, but a winnable game, but it's definitely going to be a battle. You know, FSU's probably going to need to get lucky to some degree. We're going to need a turnover or, you know, defensive touchdown or special teams touchdown. NC State's a better team than us, I think, and I think they've had much more success on the year. They're much more used to winning and, and how to get that job done. That's something that we as a team are still learning Uh how to win games consistently, and then how to carry those things over from week to week. But this team's going to come out, and they're going to play hard, and they're going to fight. I think those things alone will keep us in the game. You know, we're going to be physical, and hopefully we can get the run game going early, and that'll keep us in the game. But like I said, smart, disciplined football, those are really the keys for us. Um FSU has its identity in running the football, and we need to get back to stopping the run because we didn't really do a great job of that against Clemson. 
Uh, Will Shipley ran for like 128 yards and had two touchdowns against us. That was aggravating to watch all day. Felt like every time he touched the ball, he was getting five, six, seven yards. So against an NC State team that doesn't run the ball quite as much or quite as well, hopefully we'll be able to stop the run and can't really force the pass against a team that likes to throw the ball. And um, it's you can't really stack the box against a team that likes to throw the ball either. So it's going to be an interesting schematic challenge defensively. You know, you don't you don't want to force a good quarterback to throw the ball, but you can't not put people in the box and try to compensate for the pass because then they're just going to run the ball right down our throats all day long because they're going to have numbers. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that I'm going to look for this weekend is how do we handle NC State defensively. Um, I think winning the turnover battle is going to be a big one. Obviously, Leary doesn't throw a ton of interceptions, so I'm not going to bank on him throwing interceptions. But, you know, maybe we get lucky and nab one. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, uh, Fabian Lovett, Keir Thomas, Derek McClendon, you know, those are the guys that are probably going to have to step up for us, maybe force a fumble, get a strip sack, something along those lines. Uh, I think we need to be better on special teams as well. I've been surprised by the lack of improvement there. Um, We've been waiting for a big return or for something to kind of jumpstart us all year. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. So, NC State, Saturday. So, let's hope FSU gets back on track. We can get an upset win at home against a ranked team. It's a conference opponent. I would put us at 4-5, and which I think would you know, roughly put us on track to make a bowl game. We still have Boston College, Miami, and UF left um, in the latter part of the season. I think Miami's a winnable game. I think with the way UF is trending, that's a winnable game. Uh, Boston College has been trending down, and they've been missing their starting QB all year, so I think that's a winnable game even at BC. But we'll see how that goes. As always, Robbie Bagnardi for Believe in FSU Football Podcast. Peace out and go Knowles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.